Thank you for joining me today. This is Colin Hamilton, Commodities Analyst at BMO Capital Markets. And welcome to our short Metals Matters podcast where we highlight the key things you need to know in global metals and mining this week. Next week is LME Week, one of the biggest institutions in metals markets. And after being hindered by COVID, the past couple of years, 2022 sees a return to the plethora of formal and social events over the week which is typically a good consensus former for the year ahead. Now, obviously, the highlight will be the sixth annual BMO LME Week Research Seminar, but what else will be front and centre of discussions? Let's start with the basics of supply and demand. Feedback from recent metals industry conferences has been full of doom and gloom about the demand prospects for 2023, with the impact of inflation now biting hard. We will be interested in how bad many participants feel demand could be and what sort of order book contraction they're starting to plan for. Now, it should be said, though, that most producers thus far have reported still reasonable demand and forward orders, so we'll also be trying to ascertain whether the tone on this has started to change as global PMIs continue to weaken. Moving to the supply side across space metals, visible inventory cover is low, both in absolute and in relative terms. However, reports of consumers struggling to source metal are few and far between as for now. So we'll be looking for the wider market's take on visible inventories, feelings around invisible and consumer inventory levels, and concerns over the potential for recurring short squeezes until that inventory level is rebuilt. Meanwhile, ahead of LME week, high energy costs have of course decimated, well, maybe not yet, but seriously wounded Europe's metals capacity. The past three months alone has seen a number of European aluminium, zinc and lead smelters idled. And despite the recent fall in power costs, expectations for further closures persist. We'll be very interested to hear any potential timelines for restarts and the waypoints which would need to be crossed on this path. Uh, Moreover, be interested to hear of any primary capacity being replaced by perhaps secondary smelters to reprocess non-ferrous scrap, given the growing push to keep this resource in region in Europe and the US. And if European output is semi-permanently adjusted lower, well, the region should be a larger net metal importer, all other things being equal. And that should result in a higher premium over LME cash for prompt delivery. Interestingly, we've already seen an 85% higher year-on-year copper premium offer provided by Cadelco and Arubis, and that's pointing to this being at play already. LME week may be its annual party, but Following 2022's Annus Horribilis, some would say the exchange itself has little to celebrate and finds itself in the unenviable position of being at the centre of some awkward discussions. You can add to that the fact that weaker trading volumes are being seen than a year ago. Now, there's a review ongoing, so we don't expect any formal announcements on permanent adjustments to the nickel contract following March's short squeeze, but we do expect more detail to be offered around a potential ban on warranting new Russian aluminium. Do see this as somewhat of a, a fait accompli given consumers who are already crossed with the LME after the nickel debacle don't see the LME contract as currently being fit for purpose given most are already self-sanctioning. And other exchanges, notably the LBMA, the LPPM, have long since stopped delivery of new Russian units. Now, taking a step back, this will likely accelerate the process whereby consumers seeking best practice behaviour will increasingly specify responsibly sourced material which meets embodied carbon and value chain integrity standards, which will pressure developed world exchanges to split contracts into a prime contract with certified material and a subprime contract for the material which doesn't qualify, whether through choice or through incapability. 
Rather than green premiums, I'm still of the view we look to subprime discounts similar to those seen for NPI relative to class one nickel over time. And as part of this wider process, I'd expect to hear a lot more about a renewed push towards industry certified standards for responsible material, including those of the Copper Mark, the Aluminium Stewardship Initiative, and Responsible Steel. President Xi's speech to the CPC meeting contained no major surprises. National security in focus. There was an implicit growth floor put in place, but higher quality growth again reiterated. As was the dynamic COVID approach, which has seen a bit of a muted reaction in Chinese equity markets and Chinese sentiment on the whole. Interestingly, when discussing energy transition, a key point in the speech did focus on security of supply for grains and for energy with the principle of building the new before discarding the old, suggesting both coal and renewables will have a key part to play over the coming years. And given the US chip embargo, well, significant emphasis was placed on modernising manufacturing and investing in capacity for technological self-reliance. For metals markets, however, at the end of the day, what really matters is China property. Never in the past hundred years has one sector in a single geography been so important as China property is today. And there's no getting away from it. 2022's headline data has been somewhat of a shock, and I would actually argue that metals prices have held up surprisingly well, given how weak activity levels have been. Going forward, well, incremental data points do look likely to look slightly better over the coming months and there should be less of a drag on metals demand from the property sector. We are seeing completions trend towards positive year-on-year territory. But there's no doubt that compared to the boom years, China's pull on metals from the construction sector will remain in somewhat of a malaise as the real estate industry restructures. Thus, just as the fuel to materials transition boosts demand growth, well, China's property is transitioning in the other direction. So can the energy transition offset weaker property? Let's put things in context. Current demand levels from energy transition are only about 30% of China property and copper, uh, less than 15% for aluminium and less than 5% for steel. So at the end of the day, changes in China property are still likely to drive the shorter cycle in terms of demand around a general energy transition-led uptrend. could be argued, however, that we have seen an offset in copper this year. We know property demand is down amid lower completions, but strong renewables and electric vehicle spending has seen overall China copper demand rise this year and outperform pure metals. <music> Lastly, my colleague Rory Townsend attended the LBMA LPPM Global Precious Metals Conference 2022 in Lisbon this week, where most conversations were dominated by the broader macro and geopolitical backdrop. Now, despite the pivot away from precious metals by macro asset allocators in recent times, Physical investment demand remains incredibly robust, and it seems that mints themselves are struggling to keep pace. In particular, silver product markets seem to be experiencing the most acute tightness, with American Eagles commanding a huge $13 per ounce premium over spot at the present time. Meanwhile, we've got unexpected record silver imports into India, logistical issues, a lack of Chinese supply, demand for prompt delivery. We're seeing silver uncharacteristically flown by air to end markets at the moment. At the conference, general panel discussions were rather cautious, however, given weaker global growth projections and pressure on assets under management in general. Of course, that didn't stop bullish polling. It never does at metals conferences, with the average one-year forecast for all precious metals decently higher. Kel surprise. Of these, though, the most positive was for platinum, uh, with sessions at the conference discussing PGM use across the hydrogen value chain, whether it be production, transportation, storage, release, or utilisation. Platinum and Iridium certainly are beneficiaries of this wider trend. 
But the outlook for palladium, well, that's still pretty bearish in the medium to long term as EVs increase market share. What was new at the conference? Ruthenium was flagged for its potential in the catalytic conversion of bio-based feedstocks and also applications in next-generation semiconductor wiring. Thank you for listening to Metal Matters. If you have any questions or suggestions, just get in touch directly and I do hope you can join me next time round to discuss more pertinent issues for global metals and bulk commodity markets. That was Metal Matters, presented by BMO Capital Markets Equity Research. You can subscribe to Metal Matters on Apple Podcasts and other podcast providers, or visit our website at researchglobalzero.bmocapitalmarkets.com to listen to more episodes, including our other podcast series, BMO Equity Research in Tune. If you have feedback or suggestions for upcoming podcasts, please do share it with me at colin.hamilton.com at bimo.com To access our full disclosures please visit researchglobalzero.bimocapitalmarkets.com forward slash public hyphen disclosure